Welcome to Woman Up, everyone. Our purpose of this podcast is to connect women from all over the world with the most powerful tool of storytelling. Once a week, a wonderful woman will share her journey with us, focusing on different aspects of her life, aspects that each and every one of you will be able to relate to and learn from. We're all connected in this life, and what better inspiration than your woman next door? Let's find the next woman together. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode 10 of Woman Up. Oh my God, every 10 episodes, I can't believe we made it this far. How amazing and exciting. We've interviewed some amazing women, and I can't wait for today's guest, Marika Gibson, also known as Mickey. And a little bit of background and bio about Mickey. She started her journey by getting a bachelor degree in international business management and French language. This study took her to Lyon and then Paris, where she acquired a master's in energy and sustainable development management. She continued working abroad in France and the Netherlands in project management before returning to Canada to work as a project manager in renewable energy development. Wowzers, I can't wait to hear about your journey. And that being said, Mickey, before I pass the mic over to you, today's about change. And I'm excited about our theme today because, as you know, I've been going through a lot of change over these past few months. Evie, too, similarly over this last year, has been going through a lot of change. So we're excited to get to know about your change and how you can guide us and all the beautiful listeners today. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. In 10 episodes. Wow, ladies. Congratulations. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, lucky 10. Woohoo. All righty. So Canada, Leon or Leon or however we pronounce that correct. I am so sorry to the city. And uh, then Paris, Netherlands, so much change. So can we hear it from the one and only you? How was it? Just a little sum up of your experience jumping from country to country. If I had to pick one word, I would probably say terrifying. I mean, probably my friends would look at me as this world traveler or, you know, not afraid to make that change. But really, every step of the way, the first day, I, I was terrified. How this began for you? Where did, where did it all begin? How did it begin? Oh, good question. So it actually began way back in high school. It's kind of when I first got the itch to just try something new, to get out of my bubble. I'm actually not from Calgary. I'm from a small town outside of Calgary. And one day, I don't know what came over me. I must have watched like, I don't know, French Kiss or some other some other movie that that made me feel like I needed to explore. Uh, and I was 15. So really, what do you get to do at 15? Not a lot. You're not you're not traveling alone at that age, really. So I I ended up finding an exchange program. And six months later, I was in Bordeaux, France, beautiful place. I had an amazing exchange family. Everything was perfect. It was probably the most ideal situation for an exchange anyone could have. And I show up on the first day, I got off that plane, I get in the car with my family, and I remember thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Why did I choose to come here? This sucks. And it was because you're in this place that you don't recognize. You're speaking or trying to speak, or you're getting, you're getting people speak to you in a language you don't understand. So frankly, you just don't understand anything, which is also terrifying in its own right. And everything is different. The food is different. Even going to McDonald's is different. 
there's nothing that resembled really Canada. And so at 15, because that was the first time really anything in my life changed, I remember just being absolutely terrified. And that feeling never really went away. I would say it actually just got less intense unnoticeably. It was like every day, maybe I, I didn't feel it as intensely. And then by the end of that three months, it was like, okay, I have a routine here. It's still not perfectly comfortable, but I have a routine and it's okay. And then you go back to Canada and it's like the reverse. You get that reverse culture shock where I go to see my friends and now I don't kiss them on the cheek or, you know, the food is back to mom's cooking, but oh, wow, I was kind of used to having my croissant every morning. And and you don't really realize that you pick up those new things quite quickly, even though they still feel uncomfortable. But it, you don't notice that you pick them up, I think, until you return back to your, your factory settings, if you will. And then I got that again when I decided to do the same experience, but in university. So that was when I went to Lyon. I decided one of my goals was to do half of my degree in French and in France or at least in another country, because I felt like that had some value to it to do university in two different countries. And so I went to Lyon, there was an exchange program there, and this time it was for a year. And I thought, wow, I've already done the French thing, like I, I've adapted, I know French culture, and you know, I thought that I was so accustomed already. I know how the French do things. I show up on the first day and I again was like, what the heck did I do? This was the worst decision I ever made in my life. Terrified because I was in this new city again, alone. Now I'm here for a year, not even three months. What am I doing? What if I fail all my courses? What if I don't learn French? And again, that fear never really went away. It just got less intense. And I had many bumps along the road. I mean, there was some really intense experiences in, in that particular trip because at that age, you know, it, when you're in university, you're going through a whole bunch of changes yourself. You're figuring out who you are and doing that outside of your comfort zone in a place that you don't have as many or if any supports as you would in your hometown. You really realize that you have to be your own support. And so I had a lot of things that happened, like one example was just essentially not necessarily getting mugged, but getting punched in the face by a group of men at night. And it was the most horrifying experience in my life. But you realize that you have to bring yourself together and do that without your friends because they're sleeping. It's 1 a.m. there. It, it was very intense. But at the end of that trip, I realized or every single thing that happened like that, I just kept telling myself, well, I'll be home in two months. I'll be home in three months. I'll be home in two weeks. Everything's going to be fine when I'm home. And then when you get home, it's like, wow, this is different. I don't like this necessarily. I, home isn't as comforting. Maybe I have my family and my friends, but not everything is peachy in Calgary, Alberta. And I did that again going to Paris, where I finally decided I wanted to go without an expiration date. I didn't want to have that fallback that was, I'm going to return back to Canada in two months. So it doesn't matter what happens here. I'll just tough it out. It was, I'm going to live here and see if I truly can feel at home in another place. And that was when I think I adapted the quickest. I still got there thinking, oh my gosh, why, why did I make this big change again? But after a bit, it was like, okay, 
actually, I really enjoy this. And you start to really enjoy the small things because you realize this is my new home. I'm going to really sit and enjoy this coffee, this this French creme, <laughs> you know, cafe creme in the morning right next to the Eiffel Tower and really enjoy it because I might live here, but who knows? I'm not going back to Canada, but I got to really enjoy what I have here. And it it was a whole different experience. And then eventually, yeah, I went off to the Netherlands and it was the same thing because it's a totally different language, but the same experience over and over and over again. But it's crazy that even though it's kind of the same experience, that fear never goes away. And I think that really extends to any changes that you want in your life, because you have to realize that if where you are now and the version of you that you want to get to, whether it's that badass businesswoman or a world traveler or, you know, the best mom in the world, there's a gap between the you now and that person and change of some kind is going to have to happen. And it's probably going to be uncomfortable. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, and what I've been told through many journeys and talking to friends and coaches and all these things, if I can accept myself as myself in my body, in my mind, my spirit, my soul, that's been my mantra lately is acceptance of self. Then I can pick up this body and take it anywhere in the world and be okay as long as I've accepted and owned my worth of who I am. Would you think that's a part of the equation? Oh, totally. I think the biggest part is really understanding what motivates you, what means success to you, because in the end, it could be that success is money and you need to go somewhere that's going to make you money or you need to go somewhere that's going to teach you how to do that. But for me, for example, what motivates me is connection with anyone, just deep connections and being an educator or a leader. And so if I get to do that, it doesn't matter where I am. And I think every person needs to figure that out for themselves because it's totally different. I mean, I look at my group of girlfriends and I think each one of us has been told that success is the same thing. We've been told that success is having a family and having money and having a good job, but each one of us doesn't feel that. Truly. And, and I say that with girls, but really it's guys too, obviously. And I think that's really important and really accepting what it is that makes you feel success. That's huge. That's really huge. And I think it's hard to find. I think people spend years almost trying to figure out what it is that makes a successful life for themselves. Well, it's funny because success itself changes for every person. Like what we gather from every woman we've interviewed so far is that success to them has changed in the years, Right. So I want to go back into like the whole change and what does it mean? But everybody's talking about embrace change, embrace change. Like, what does it even mean embracing change from your point of view? What is it in your words? Can you please just give us your definition of it? Yeah, great. And, and I 100% agree with you about the success being different throughout your life. I think embracing change is taking that plunge to becoming the person that you at that time want to be. So for example, if you, for me at that time, it was that I wanted to be kind of this world traveler that spoke French. And that change for me was just going to France and just facing whatever experiences I was going to have there just to say that I did it. But I think that that's different for everyone. So the embracing changes is filling that gap between the you now and the you that you want to be. 
So it's probably going to be, for most people, taking some kind of courses, or maybe it's a diet thing. You know, you want to be this fit, you know, powerhouse. Well, you're probably going to have to make some changes with your routine. And it's so awkward to change your routine. It's probably one of the worst things that you can do in your life, but it's probably one of the best things that you can do in your life. And so, yeah, it, it's really filling that gap. And, and I think what people have to do if they want to become the you in the vision that you've created for yourself is make a plan. You see who you are now, really analyze what your core strengths are or what you have and what you don't have in order to become that version of yourself and make a plan to get there. You know, maybe it means that you have to take some courses or maybe it means that you have to go to another country, or maybe it means you have to do some networking. Just start strategizing on how to get there and take the small steps to becoming that person. I always like to use the example for, you know, when people start talking, they want to change their diet. I think it's a horrible thing to just go on a diet and cut out all the things that you shouldn't have in your life or in your diet. I think it's really important to, instead of cutting things out that you don't want, to incorporate things that you do want into your life slowly. So add a salad to your plate and then just truly learn to appreciate that. And then eventually, it might not be weeks down the road, it might be actually years, but eventually you're going to crave that salad over that pizza one day. And that's when you realize that you've become the person that is that powerhouse that wants to eat the salad, that wants to be vegan or whatever. That's incredible, that feeling, but you don't notice the change as you're doing it. A hundred percent. And it, they... Actually, a lot of research shows that it takes up to 67 days to actually form a habit because habit is a powerful thing. But another thing that human beings don't realize is that they have full control over their brain. But habits make them think that they don't, but they don't even realize that they are the ones creating that habit. So that was a great example just to show how we are responsible of change. Which brings me to the next question, which is a little bit more generic into the sense of like how all this change in your life has actually changed your view on things. Great question. So I think one of the biggest ways that I noticed it, and I, again, didn't notice it right away because you don't notice changes like that until you're confronted with a situation where you realize the old me would not have done that. I think a lot of it was just more on a personality basis, actually. I think just going there, facing that fear, first of all, I became a little bit more fearless. The ability to just kind of go, okay, well, this sucks, but let's just deal with it because we know it's going to be fine. I think that that was a huge part. The next one was, I think, to be completely honest, I just became a better person overall, more open. I got so exposed to so many people in different situations than I had here in my hometown that I realized the way that I was living before and the way that my friends and family live here in Calgary is not the only way to live, to be happy, to have a successful life. And that's huge because I don't think a lot of people get that exposure. I mean, a lot of people around the world don't leave their province or their region. And I think that when you go out and you meet people, you really learn a lot about the world and you learn a lot about how you're not right. You're probably not, your way of thinking is not the right way. There's a million right ways. I always say that if you go into a room and you think that you're the most intelligent person, you're probably the least. 
And it's because you open those doors when you, you start learning more things and more subjects. You open so many doors that you realize you really know nothing. And it, it's incredible. So I, I really think that I became a lot more open. My political views changed entirely. My hunger for for more grew, and that became better for my work. I think I became a better employer, uh, employee. Sorry, I became just more open to change in in general, and that's really big because, like we talked about, there's so many times in your life that you're gonna want change. And I think as humans, we want to adapt constantly. We want, you know, every year we make our New Year's resolutions to change something on us. And I think that a lot of people end up at the end of the year not touching one of them. And I think being able to be the kind of person that activates that change and really goes for it, it makes you feel a little bit more of accomplishment in the end. And I think that you have to have that hunger. And that's what that gave me. What was the feedback to you from friends and mostly girlfriends. Like I want to know from a woman's perspective and maybe there's a man's perspective in there as well, but like what was the feedback for you from them in making the changes that you did in your life? Yeah. So a lot of my girlfriends and and just family members or or really any of my peers, I, I get called this like world traveler a lot, which is hilarious to me because I've, I've really... I've really only been to Europe and I just keep going back. Like I said, my, the connection bit is what, what drives me. So I, I like to go back. If I make a friend, I like to go back and visit them over again. So I'm not a world traveler by any means, but I do go to Europe a lot. <laughs> I do get a lot of positive feedback from my friends about taking that plunge. But I found it really interesting what you said about putting what you want into the universe and then and then going after it, which... I find this actually fascinating that this actually happened. But when I went to Paris, actually, I was thinking about going to Paris probably about a year before I actually left. I started I started actually deciding that I wanted to go. And I didn't know when and I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I kind of gave myself a rough estimation of when I wanted to be there. And I said, OK, you know what, we'll say next September is when I want to be in France. And I actually had this. I want to say far-fetched dream for myself, which really in the end had nothing to do with my actual, I guess, dreams for the world or my actual goals in the world. It was just an idea that was like, I think this would be really cool if I could work for the United Nations. And I don't know what influenced that thought, that I thought that was like bee's knees, you know, that was the coolest thing I could possibly do. So I started looking up, it was UNESCO, so United Nations of Education, Cultural Organization, something like that. And I was like, this is the place I want to work, totally. And I kept looking at it, and it was like, oh, no, you need a master's. All of these job postings are like, you need 10 years experience in similar field just to be an intern and, and all of that. And so I kind of lost that idea a little bit, but it was always in the back of my head. And I kept thinking, like, I, I envisioned myself. And I really, I think this is a very, very powerful thing, to envision yourself wholly. And almost, almost to a point where you're like, I'm a little bit crazy and I'm, I'm talking to myself in the car, like thanking myself for, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity to join the United Nations, like really envisioning getting that interview and getting getting the job. And I actually, when I, when I went to Paris, instead of actually going and doing an interview, I walked into the United Nations and I said, hey, I, uh, I would like to have a job here. Is there anyone that could give me a tour of the building? 
and they were kind of like baffled like oh like why is this one random person wanting this but sure we'll we'll see if we can find somebody and there's like three levels of security so normally the, this isn't a normal thing for people to just walk in and this like really kind lady who who ran one of the i guess the museum part or the library as well she was like yeah you know what i've got some time i'll take you around so she took me around the whole building showing me showing me everything and i just asked her hey as a person that doesn't have a master's, you know, I'm fresh out of university. How does one get a job here? And she was like, you know what? I think the communications and information department is looking for an intern right now. You should email this guy. And I did. And the next day I had an interview and <laughs> I, I got in. And I was, I remember thinking probably a few months after that going, wow, like this was kind of just a spark of an idea, probably that I also got out of a movie that was like, you know, somebody working for the United Nations and that being so cool that I just thought about so much that it ended up happening. Because in the end, when you think about something and you put it into the universe, you start making small changes, you know, like like just walking there or the idea of even going there would have never happened before. But because I thought about it so much, it was like, yeah, I'm just going to go check out the place. And yeah, it all just kind of dominoed after that. And I think that that happens a lot in my life. I think with every step of the way, all of the times that I've really envisioned where I wanted to be, I've ended up there. And I think it's because of all those tiny little changes I made along the way because I thought about it so much. <laughs> They're unconscious too. Unconscious changes. And you know what? Envisioning is actually used in Olympics from athletes and stuff so they can get gold medals because envisioning their race or whatever that might be gets them into the spirit of actually getting there and performing exactly what they've been envisioning for like hours and months. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, even even my current partner, Yannick, I remember envisioning for the longest time I wanted to have somebody that was from Europe that, uh, you know, I, I had almost this entire vision of him and, and I don't know how or what changes I made to get him, but wow, lucked out. <laughs> but I 100% agree. And I think there's really something there. It's like almost mentally training for that moment. And then when you get there, it's not as much of a shock, but after you're like, oh my gosh, this happened. <laughs> I love hearing examples and stories of this because this is what I also teach and support people with the power of manifestation with action. So we can put it up here. We speak it out loud. We write it pen to paper and put small actions. Like the second you decide the universe is already beginning, the universe, God, however you refer to it is already starting to make that happen. So when you were in those places, like your story about the UN floored me and also at the same time I'm not surprised like I thought it was so, like I love hearing that I think it's amazing so when you were in these different places what's one thing that you decided to do to support you maybe on the daily or once a month when you came across a bump in the road that really just picked you up and put you back on your feet mm, that's a really good one I think for myself and this I don't know will work for everyone but I try and have a lot of outlets for connection because like I said, one of the things for me that is really important to my success in my day, to success in my life is having connection. And obviously that just is coupled with having support. So I had such a good system 
for staying in contact with my friends and with my family. So whenever something bad happened, I would write a letter, literally like a snail mail letter, send it to my friend and just explain what happened and we'll walk through it. Like I'm, I'm a very, very vocal person and I like to explain things in detail and that just getting it out really helps with my processing of any kind of trauma or any kind of difficult situation. Because as you say it, I think that you're already solving your own problems and you're already figuring out how you need to cope with it. So I just, I found more ways to connect. I maintain always a really good connection with a few friends. And it's almost hilarious because while I was in France, there were some friends that I spoke with every day that now that I'm back in Calgary, I don't speak with. It was like I would call them or they would call me almost every day or every week at least. And we would have, we had more connection when I was so far away than now that I'm back in the city. And I think that for me was like the biggest way of keeping myself on my toes, keeping my head up. And and really just in the end, I always tell myself that it's the same thing as that first experience in Bordeaux, that it might be terrifying now and it might be the end of the world now. But each day, it's going to get better, and I'm not going to notice it until three months down the way. I'm not going to notice it until six months. And so I just keep thinking, okay, every day is one step closer to me feeling better about this, and that's it. And I think that 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 stands for everything. It stands for a relationship, a death, any kind of trauma that you have in your life, any kind of, of bad situation. It's like time actually Time actually heals it in the end. And and I know that's very cliche, but it's just you won't notice it until three months go by. And you're like, wow, I don't feel as crappy as I did a month ago. So hopefully in a month from now, I'm going to feel even less. You know, I'm going to feel way better. And eventually I'm going to have a real smile on my face. Time is powerful for sure. So you're back in Calgary now. So I'm just going to touch base on the final change, at least up to this chapter of your life. Going from Canada to Europe was a change, but then going from Europe to Canada, it is another change itself. But then you touched base earlier about how you can revert back to your habits or, you know, the cultural situation very fast. So can you get a little bit more in depth about that? My reverse culture shock was about two years ago. So now I'm definitely settled. I'm I'm in the zone. I mean, COVID obviously was unsettling for everyone. So we think that that's just a special case. But I think for the most part, I definitely, when I got back, experienced that that reverse culture shock. And I was kind of like, wow, I don't remember this place like this. You know, you beautify it in your head. You you make it out to be this, this safe haven. All the people are really beautiful and cool and kind and, and everything's perfect. And it's not. It's not that. It's just a normal place in the world. There's no, I feel like every city has the same elements of there's going to be something that is negative. There's going to be something that's positive. They all balance themselves out in a way. I guess they're just shown in different ways. But when I got back to Calgary, I definitely noticed that things here are a lot more material. Like in Paris and in large metropolitan cities, you know, everybody lives in small spaces. And so you learn to appreciate that, you know, cafe creme at the end of the day or in the beginning of the day and not that big cozy couch or having three guest rooms or, you know, you have a totally different set of what is comfort. And, and that was, that was not a big shock for me, but I think coming back here, 
it was weird again, because it was like, wow, there is so much space here that is not necessarily needed, but over time you get so used to it that you go back to Europe and you're like, oh my gosh, wow, like, how can you live like this? But then when you go back to Canada, it's like, this is definitely not needed at all. This is just waste. So now I, um, I'm very happy. I ended up in a job that, again, I think I just envisioned for myself and somehow landed by chance into, I actually didn't even apply for my current position. And I didn't think that I would have this job for another 10 years because most of the job postings that I was looking at with this particular background in Europe, you needed 10 or so or 15 years of experience. But it just so happened that this one company, ABO Wind, was coming to Calgary, brand new to Calgary. They're big in in Europe and they were looking for a team and I kind of fell into it. So I'm really happy to be where I am now. I'm really happy that I found a balance with my partner where we, we go from Canada to Spain to Europe all the time. And we're just really grateful for the ability to do that because I, I realize that that's not necessarily everybody's situation, but it, it's just good. And, and I know that I'm going to end up doing another move down the line to Spain. And so I, I'm currently going through that process of envisioning myself there. We just spent a couple of weeks there and looked at some neighborhoods. So now I'm, I'm starting to envision myself there. I'm trying to learn Spanish, but I know I'm going to show up on the first day and I'm going to be just why, honey? Honey, why did we move here? I know that your family's here and it's great, but can't we just come here on vacation? Because it's going to be terrifying. Um, and I'm, I'm mentally preparing for that because now I know. I know that no matter how many times we go there, I'm going to still be shocked. Oh, I'm just very happy to hear that. Uh, we're going to be closer too. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to backtrack a bit and ask you to define what is success to you. You did touch base briefly earlier, but I just want to kind of have a full picture. That's a that's actually a tough one because I think there's a lot of things that I do in my routine or in my my way of of achieving goals that would probably seem unsuccessful to most or unsuccessful in my missions. So one is that I set goals that are so big and wild that I would be actually shocked if I achieved them. And the other is that I set goals that are so tiny that it's like, are they really successful? (laughs) I really love doing this because at the end of the day, I feel really good about whatever, whatever I did. So sometimes I make checklists that are literally like paint my nails and do the dishes and (laughs) things that are probably, you know, not big achievements. But I like that because then at the end of the day, I get to say, hey, I did 10 awesome things today. But in any case, I I said this earlier, and in the end, I really think that success for each person is very different. For me, it is maintaining connections and having the ability to be an educator or a leader. I, I think that that motivates me in my life. I feel like that's my purpose. And so everything that I do, as long as they're incorporating those two aspects, and as long as I am keeping up with my connections and, and, and maintaining deep connections with other humans, no matter where they are in the world, and having the ability to teach the things that I know about, that is what I deem as success. And in the end, if I can go to bed happy every night, I don't think there's anything more to life than that. I mean, we really only have a certain amount of days if you have one goal in the whole life and you're not planning on achieving it until you're 50, then maybe that to me wouldn't be success. My goal is if I can get through the day and be happy, then and I have more happy days than not, then awesome. 
And that's the happiness that you're creating, right? Because happiness comes from within. So going back to your, your list and the things that you complete in a day, I can totally connect with that. Little steps create the big goalpost of success. But we like to ask also in our interviews, what is your message to women today, to people today, to anyone listening today? If I have one message for the women out there today, it's that if you have a vision for yourself, figure out the changes that need to happen between the you now and that you in your future, and just start dreaming what you need to do to get there. And even just start thinking about it and just realize that it's probably not going to be comfortable, but you're going to love yourself even more once you get over that big hump. And at the end of each day, if you don't feel like you've made any progress, just start making lists of all of the things that you're grateful for, because I guarantee there's a lot more things than you can actually imagine. Like you start going through a list of all of the things that you own or the people in your life and you start realizing, oh my gosh, there's so much there. But if you want that growth or you want to change and, and really like we discussed today, Every stage of your life, you're going to want a new you. There's like a different version of yourself that you're going to want. And and maybe they're all compatible. Maybe they're not. But just keep that in the back of your mind. Really envision yourself in that you. Like I actually do this in the car and really picture yourself in that moment and see if you feel that incredible joy. And if you don't, then maybe that's not the you that you want. But just imagine every detail of that life that you want for yourself down to every tiny, tiny, tiny detail. And by the time you get there, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is exactly how I needed to get there. It's incredibly powerful, I'd say, the visioning part. I really like that because at the end of the day, even just writing your gratitudes out if you you feel stuck. So maybe we can leave that as a task for everyone listening today, especially if you're in a funk and you're not sure. Write down 10 gratitudes. Mickey Gibson, ladies and ladies, just kidding, ladies and gentlemen, it is Woman Up. That was my horrible joke, which we're going to end Woman Up with. Thank you for being with us. But before we say goodbye, can you let our listeners know where they can find you if they need to get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. So I'm very active on LinkedIn, Marika Gibson. I'm mostly active on, on Instagram. Mostly it's just photos of lakes and Canada nature and beaches when I go to Spain, but nothing, nothing too exciting there. Uh, and that's under Mickey Gibson. Happy to connect on, on any platform. Facebook too, but I don't, I don't know if, if Facebook's kind of dying for our generation, maybe. <laughs> the best place to find Mickey, everybody. Find her on LinkedIn. Definitely awesome to connect. She's a person of connection. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for taking the time out of your day joining us in this time zone we are nine hours ahead and it was so awesome to speak to you we look forward to future talks with you mickey and your adventure to spain thank you so much for being on our show once again thanks for tuning in everyone woman up woman up woman up thank you for listening to woman up you can find all links and websites to our wonderful women in our show notes we encourage you to connect and follow them we're always looking for the next woman to share her story with us. To feature the women who inspire you, please contact us on Instagram at womanup, there's only one you.